Welcome to Courageous Parenting Podcast, a weekly show to equip parents with biblical truth on raising confident Christian kids in an uncertain world. Hi, I'm Angie from Courageous Mom. And I'm Isaac from Resolute Man. We've been married 19 years and have seen the fruit in raising our eight kids biblically based on the raw truth found in the Bible. We can no longer let the culture win the hearts of children. Too many children from Christian families are walking away from the faith by age 18, and it doesn't have to be this way. It shouldn't be this way. Join us as we start an important conversation about effective parenting in a fallen world. Welcome to the Courageous Parenting Podcast. Hey, everybody. Wow. Uh, It's been an incredible last year. Good start to this year. Yeah. I can't believe that a year ago, I think it was this week, a year ago, we launched the very first Courageous Parenting Mentor Program. Yeah. And so it's exciting. This year has been a year of a lot of different changes yeah. for us. Yeah. And so we thought that we would share a raw testimony today, um, along with a life-changing announcement. Absolutely. And I think you were talking about the Parenting Mentor Program launched a year ago, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Life-changing announcement, raw testimony. And we thought we would just be really transparent. We felt the spirit calling us just to go, mm-hmm. hey, what are we dealing with right Walking now that's really that could big. be edifying to yeah. other listeners and so forth? Yeah. So I, I don't know if you know this, but we don't edit any of the content in the episode. So we hit play as mm-hmm. we just did a moment ago. Yep. And then it runs until the end. And then we do have a great production assistant yeah uh, austin our austin, son and yes. he puts the front on the end on he makes the audio better and he puts a transcript he does a lot puts of a little work. promotion of the parenting mentor program in at times mm-hmm. and you know all the blog work and all that stuff yeah. but what i mean is it literally you would get exactly the same content as if you're sitting right in front of us as we did yeah nothing's edited out that's right so today in the podcast we're gonna talk about a lot of really um intimate, raw topics that we've walked through in our life because we have this life-changing announcement. And um, I just, you know, as we're starting, I just ask you to say a little prayer for us because um, sometimes it's an emotional topic for me. Yeah, absolutely. A lot of change in the last year. So let's just kick it off by just giving a reflection super quick about last year because it has to do with what we're going to talk about too. Yeah. So like we mentioned a year ago, we launched the very first Courageous Parenting Mentor Program. Yeah. And so since And the then, podcast was new a year ago, too. Yeah, like three weeks old by this time, right? Yeah. So it was just before January 1st we launched our very first podcast. So it's been an exciting move into full-time ministry yeah. with Courageous Parenting um, and furthering Courageous Mom and you doing Resolute Man Online. And God has really been blessing. It's been awesome to hear your testimonies. Um, we love getting messages from you guys, reading reviews, because that encourages us to keep going. There's so many people that are getting help from the content, which is always encouraging to us that God's yeah. using this, but also are behind the One Million Legacies movement. Yeah. And how that could have an indelible impact on society, but also yeah. more and people knowing Jesus. Yeah. More people knowing Jesus. It's a kingdom-focused legacy. It's not about us leaving our legacy. It's about leaving God's legacy, Yeah, which is not about us. Yeah, And that's why sometimes we have made, in the world's eyes, crazy decisions in yes. our life, right? Yeah. Um, 
I, I can just think of a few, like some people thought we were crazy for planting a vineyard, yeah. which was for the purpose of teaching our kids work ethic. Or how about going on a three-month RV trip around the country? Oh, yeah. With the whole family. P- lots of people thought we were crazy. We're skeptical that we were making the right decision, you know, different things like that. And we were like, no, we know God wants us to we do this totally for our family relationships. Yeah. Um, how many kids we have. Yeah. That's a big one. Um, a lot of times people still, they just don't get it. Right. Or what I've done for work and things like that. In the yeah, past. yeah. We've always, um, yeah, walking away from a solid paycheck yeah. that you had honestly built, you had poured yourself into for many years yeah. um, to build something that would help other people. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've walked through a lot of trials with that. Actually. A lot of trials. And in this last year, also, we've moved the family to a, a different house. Yep. Um, that was another big life-changing thing for us because we went from 30 acres to a, a neighborhood, neighborhood. Yeah. really for the first time that our kids really remember. Yeah. Um, and Ever so, being in a neighborhood, yeah. Yeah. I mean, we were in a neighborhood for about 10 months. One other time. One yeah. other time in our 20 years of, yeah, it's just- It's actually so, been a blessing. We've really yeah. enjoyed it. The kids have enjoyed it. Yeah. Yeah. We've been blessed being here. But it's also um, not easy when you have a big family because we're a little bit squished. Yeah. You know, and so selflessness has to be a topic of conversation on a regular basis. <laughs> so there's there's nine or ten of us in the house, depending on when Kelsey's yeah. home. Uh, we just had bedrooms. an awesome month with her. She was on Christmas break. Yeah, what an incredible time! All the way up till the night before, we're playing games into the night, and then I took her to uh, yeah. the airport at six four in the morning. I guess it was. Yeah, yeah. wow, really early. Um, and so we've we also planted a church. Oh, yeah, with with some other, a couple other awesome families that came to support us. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's been really uh, a year of a lot of big life transitions. Yeah. Um, And I mean, you've even, you took on more coaching. You had walked away from the other business that you had built. Yeah. Exited from a different company. That you built like 11 years ago or something like that. And so, for us, there was financial change. There was all kinds of having to walk in faith and trusting God to provide, and he did. God is so good. Yeah. It's amazing. Sometimes he wants us right at the the edge of where we think things are going to not go so well to test our faith to see if we're mm-hmm. going to be obedient. I think that our family has actually grown more in our prayer life and our faith in what God can do. As we've walked through both trials and just testing periods in the last four or five years, and it's been really powerful for our kids' faith, but also for us, we've yeah. been challenged. I know I have. Yeah. Um, so. Well, let's get into it. But first, I just want to make sure you know one thing, and we're going to get into. We have three uh, basic sections we're going to talk about. Um, we'll see where the Lord leads us as yeah. we t- discuss this. But um, I do want to invite you to do the Courageous Parenting Workshop. It's completely free. I just love how many people it's impacted. Over 2,000 uh, people have gone through it. We get mm-hmm. so many comments and raving reviews about it. Praise mm-hmm. God. That's not for our glory, but it's just neat to see the scriptures and the awareness mm-hmm. about parenting in there are helping families, which mm-hmm. is so awesome. And um, obviously at the end, it'll you know give a little blurb about the Parenting Mentor Program. That's kind of a normal thing. But um, you can participate in that or not at the very end of it. But I encourage you to do that. Go to CourageousParenting.com. Get all the show notes, any resources we mentioned there too. So let's dive into this. So we have a really big announcement to make. That's right. What's the announcement, Ange? I'm pregnant with 
another baby. That's so awesome. In <laughs> fact, you know, when we had, it was so cool when you found out because it was the last night Kelsey was here. Yeah. After being here a month. And you said, come here a second. And you showed me the thing. And we sat down. You know, even, I mean, I've gone through this so many times. I'm like, how, yeah. does, how does this thing work? Is it is it accurate? Are you sure? <laughs> you know? True. I think I took quite a few tests just to make sure. Yeah. But um, the actually, Kelsey knew because she was at the store with me when I bought the test. And then she heard us giggling in the bedroom. Yeah. And she was like inside. She just knew. So our bedroom's so upstairs and yeah. the living room's downstairs. And there's a railing overhanging the living room. Yeah. And so we walked over there. All the kids were right there in the living mm -hmm. room. And we announced that we were pregnant and or you were pregnant. And yeah. uh, they were just so excited. I know. And it's, it's funny because this announcement to the family was different than how we've done it in the past. I mean, every time it's been very different. There have been some times where I tried to make a really special way of telling yeah. Isaac. Um, but we, I knew that he would, he would agree with me that we wanted to tell the whole family while we were all together. And Kelsey was literally leaving at 4 a.m. Yeah. To go back to college. And so we wanted to tell her together. And he thought that that was the right I had decision. a hunch you were pregnant for about six weeks. I know. I had been really nauseous and not feeling well and dizzy and all the all the the early pregnancy things. Um, and so there were many suspicions between yeah. us. Um, so we're going from family of 10 to family of 11. As far as we know. We haven't yeah. had an ultrasound yet. Are you thinking there's twins? Is no, I don't know. I mean, when you've had as many pregnancies as I have, the statistics, you know, go up as far as being able to have twins. So, so it's super exciting. And um, when we announced it at church, that was really cool. I know. I especially loved Jen's reaction. She jumped up, jumped <laughs> up. Oh, so much. Thank energy. you for your support, Exuberance. Jen. Yeah. It was awesome. It made yeah. me feel really good. Yeah, that was encouraging. Um, so we thought that this would be a special time to just share with you and we're going to go over three topics. I think it might be important just to share with them what those three topics are and then we can dive in. So we wanted to share with you that we were pregnant um, and we're going to talk more about that and um, some hardships with pregnancy. I'm going to share some of my testimony with that. Um, and then the second thing we're going to talk about is loss because we suffered a miscarriage in between Solomon and Eli. Yeah. So this is actually my 10th pregnancy. And um, and I would say you miraculously made it also. You almost died. Yeah. So we're going to share a little bit of that testimony yeah. and how that affects me emotionally being pregnant again. Mm -hmm. And um, maybe if you've had a miscarriage before, the, this section you'll relate to. And I hope that this is an encouragement. I'm going to share with you what I preach to myself right now. And so that's why this is going to be kind of raw, because I'm going to share with you the struggles that I'm currently walking through. Um, and we've never really done that before, um, as far as like a podcast, something that yeah. I'm currently struggling with. And then the third point is rejoicing in God's blessings. But we're also going to talk about what happens when we're in the flesh, even when God wants to give us blessing. Exactly. And uh, we and how the world even like attacks us to yeah. tempt us to veer towards the flesh. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So let's dive in. We wanted to first talk to you about the quiverful movement for a second because a lot of people could easily stereotype us, the Tolpins, as being a part of the quiverful movement, and we do not consider ourselves part of that And that's movement. kind of a dogmatic movement that everybody should have as many kids as they possibly can, and you're mm -hmm. rebuked if you don't, essentially. Right. Or there's a 
sense that maybe you're less spiritual or less spiritually mature if you're not trusting God with that part of your um and what life. we what yeah. we've always came to is God has a unique plan for every single mm-hmm. family. But we should all look mm-hmm. at children as a blessing because that's what the scriptures say. Right. So for us, yes, we do let the Bible influence how we live our life. Yeah. Right. Um, and we believe what the Bible says. Even um, we don't have this particular scripture written in there, but there is a scripture in Psalm 127 that talks about how um, it does actually say, blessed is the man who has a quiver full of children, right? Because it says children are a heritage from the Lord. Mm-hmm. And um, we're not going to dive into that really big, but that is essentially the scripture that the quiverful movement is based upon. Um, and But the, the point that we're making is it doesn't actually um, tell you how big your quiver is, right? Right, right. And so- um, How we, many stories in the Bible where couples couldn't have any kids- and they were barren until they finally right. had one in their old age, yeah. old age and things like that. And we even experienced a five and a half year period where God closed my womb. And mm. that was in between our sixth and our seventh. And um, so I just think that I, for the sake of this conversation, we don't want anyone to look at us and go, oh, they have that many kids. They must expect everybody else to because that's not true of us. Yeah. Although we do believe that each of our children are a blessing. Amen. And we believe that all children are a blessing from the Lord because the Bible says that they are an eternal inheritance. And I also say that we aren't naturally kid people. What I mean no. by that was when we got married, it's not like we had a dream uh-uh. to have a large family. We actually didn't even talk about how big our family would be when we first got married. No, so- And I had a kind of a thought of, you know, two kids, American dream kind of thing and be rich. And, um, you know, and have a dog, you know, the kind of that typical, um, thought and without any depth behind it when, when we first got married and, but we were also much younger in our faith and, and, in our convictions and hadn't actually talked about this or studied the word on it either. Right. And so, um, if you're there, don't, um, I don't want you to be discouraged and maybe uh, tempted to think that, you know, you could never get to this place. Because I remember having one and being overwhelmed at moments. And I remember being pregnant and being overwhelmed and thinking, how am I going to be a mom? I don't know how to be a mom. I Mm -hmm. don't even know how to be a wife. I don't know how to take care of my home. I don't know how to cook. I had to learn all of those things. I mean, I remember the first time I went grocery shopping and I came back with like Doritos and boxed minute rice and bagged, you know, pancake mix. And Isaac's looking at this stuff. Oh, and non-fat milk. And you're like, what is this? <laughs> You're like, are you going to eat all those chips? Because I don't like those. <laughs> yeah, I just didn't grow up on that kind of stuff. I know you didn't. And so, but my point is, is like, I had a lot to learn. Yeah. I had a lot to learn and a lot of, um, I just didn't know what I was doing. And so there was a lot of fear mm-hmm. and a lot of moments, especially because I was so sick and I had HG and was puking 14 to 16 times a day and mm-hmm. getting IVs. I felt like, whoa, I'm a failure just being pregnant. And so, and this was before they even had a diagnosis for it. So lots of things in our journey we could talk about, but um, there definitely is a sacrifice Mm -hmm. every time you have another child. And there's a moment of being in the flesh and thinking more about the sacrifice than the blessing. Yeah. And I think that that's what it, I mean, I think that there, there have even been people that are like, that don't like that terminology of sacrifice because children are a blessing. Mm -hmm. But I think that, I mean, did Jesus 
Was he our final sacrifice so that we could be united with him? Yes. Does he call us to make sacrifices to live selflessly? Yes. And so for us, it's not like it's this easy decision. And I think a lot of times that's a myth that people think about Mm -hmm. families that have a lot of kids is that they think that it's just an easy decision, that you have this conviction that you're just going to give your womb to the Lord or whatever, and that you're going to be just confident every time i'll be honest i was hoping that we had a long break um at at minimum when it comes to kids so we could get you really healthy and yeah and uh i had just started like meeting with a personal trainer before we found out like i think i met with her once or twice we finally got it together and god brought the right person to us Mm -hmm. courtney which she's amazing and uh, just to to help with this mm-hmm. in preparation of that you might get pregnant again. Yeah, down the road. But I knew I needed to take care of myself. And um, and so, you know what, though, we were still submitting to the Lord and mm-hmm. um, praying heavily about it for a long time. And I think that that's what's really important is that you guys pray together and you and your husband are in alignment and you're not making your decisions based upon what society thinks. Because if we did, we definitely wouldn't have had... A few of our yeah, children. we can make all the plans we want. We can make decisions. And it is true. You can make permanent decisions about this area. Mm-hmm. And that's between you and God, hopefully, not mm-hmm. between just you and your husband or you and your wife. That God needs to be involved in that, mm-hmm. I believe. But mm-hmm. uh, right here in Proverbs um, 19.21, it says, There are many plans in a man's heart. Nevertheless, the Lord's counsel, that will stand. Mm-hmm. So when we get the Lord's counsel, uh, his plans are the best plans. Mm-hmm. And we can circumvent God's plans, actually. Mm-hmm. I don't know if people believe that. Oh, if I do something permanent, he could still do a miracle. Is that testing God? I think it says not to test God in Scripture. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I think that there's an element of truly being willing to lay your life down for God's legacy, not your own. And that's, I think, the thing that convicts me over and over and over again, at least in this regard. But it's not easy. Like it is a sacrifice because I get sick and um, I praise God. I've only vomited once so Mm -hmm. far. Mm -hmm. Um, Of course, we're at the very, very beginning of the pregnancy just found out. Um, So you guys could be praying for me in that, that I'm able to keep doing podcasts actually. Um, And I, it's interesting how my perspective has changed on morning sickness Mm. since losing Selah. Yeah. And we can talk more about that later, but um, Psalm 139, um, did you read that already? Oh, maybe we missed it. Yeah. And so this particular passage of scripture, I think, has just been key for me over the years. Um, Just reminding myself that I'm not the one that forms the babies. I'm not the one that creates them. It says, for you formed my inward parts. You Mm. covered me in my mother's womb. I will praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works and that my soul knows very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in secret and skillfully wrought in the lowest parts of the earth. Your eyes saw my substance being yet unformed. And in your book, they all were written, the days fashioned for me when as yet there were none of them. So for me, like obviously a lot of times people use this scripture to as like a pro-life scripture. I have used it, um, that God's the one that creates them and that they are a human from Mm. the time that they are conceived. 
But I also read this scripture in regards to me as a woman and that God actually created me. And so when I read that as a pregnant mom, and I'm like, God, you formed my inward parts to be able to have babies. And you covered me in my mother's womb. Hmm. I will praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Trusting you that I can partner with you in bringing forth life. Like this is a huge thing, right? That he made me for this. It says, marvelous are your works. I am not going to take credit for the creation of this child mm-hmm. because it's God's work. Yeah. And um, Well, if anyway. we take credit, we start making decisions like we're the ones doing things. Right. And I think that that's what... Um, has been so convicting to us over the years. We always like, we've gone back and forth, haven't we? Where we've gone, okay, do we believe that the parts just work or that God created the the baby? And that's actually been the question that we've posed to many couples over the years when we've gotten into this discussion, when they've asked us why we have so many kids and whatnot. Um, But the reality is, is there is a sacrifice, whether it's being sick, whether it's the size of now we need a bigger car. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> There's a few of those things, right? There are. So let's go into um, a couple, I think it was several years ago now. Okay. Uh, you were pregnant after we already had seven kids. Yeah. And um, with Sayla, and you lost Sayla. Mm-hmm. We lost Sayla. Mm-hmm. And just some of the challenges that reoccurred recently as you found out you're pregnant. And why that is, uh, there's some deep stuff there. Maybe you could catch people up. Yeah. So um, it was about two and a half years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, we were in a really challenging season in our life. Mm. The hardest season ever, actually. And so getting pregnant was like, whoa, blessing, beauty in the midst of ashes, right? Yeah. yeah. And everyone in our family was like clinging on to that joy. Yeah. But just clinging on to it because we needed joy. Yeah. <laughs> and um our whole church was so excited for us. And um and then I I was really sick at the beginning of mm-hmm. the pregnancy and people were praying for me not to be sick. And then I wasn't sick anymore. And that was when we were almost lost the house mm-hmm. and we were going back to work on the house. We had a big, uh, that's where the vineyard is still. Um, we don't own the house anymore. We sold it. But in the process, we were renting it out and because we moved to Bend. So it was in Portland. We moved to Bend prior to that, several years prior to that. And we were renting it out. And there was a situation where the person renting it stopped paying rent. Um, you know, stole our tractor. S- stole, <laughs> basically sold to somebody else our eighteen thousand dollar tractor that was on the yeah. property and things like that, and was doing weird things to the house, that kind of thing. So there was a process of getting him out, which is difficult with Oregon laws, um, but God was part of that. And then cleaning the house because we had an open house. We we're selling the house ourselves yeah. as well. So we drove the RV with all of our kids. Yeah. And we worked hard, team told them, and we had some friends, like the Rasmussen's come. They yeah. helped us on the property, clean it up so that we could have an open house. But I think I worked too hard. Yeah. And um, it was the stress. It was very stressful. Work, working so hard. Um, and all of that is transpired. It was in the season um, where not too far prior to that. Uh, our company went out of business. We were yeah. in deep debt and no income coming in. So God had a process with that. And this episode isn't to tell that whole story, but I'm sure we will sometime because God did all kinds of miraculous things in that. But at this very point, um, because the business going under and the 
they weren't paying rent anymore, the house faced uh, foreclosure. We, we faced yeah. losing the, the property versus selling it. And so it was a, a trying time. And unfortunately, um, I mean, I'm to blame for this. I allowed no. you to work too hard. Well, I don't, I, I mean, don't we all want to find blame somewhere? Yeah. And for a long time, and I know if you've lost a baby, then you know what I'm talking about. It's easy to blame yourself and to think that you caused the miscarriage. Um, and I know that God is sovereign, and I preach that to myself all the time, and that if it was her time to go, it was her time to go, regardless. Um, but the truth is we have learned a lot of things about taking care of yourself during pregnancy since then. Yeah. Um, and just protecting me from way too much stress, things like that. Mm -hmm. um, realizing that as a woman and who I am and admitting I am a weaker vessel mm. and owning that and being willing to let you protect me more mm -hmm. from those things so that I can have more joy So because that, that actually affects the baby, mm -hmm. right? They sense all the emotions. They feel it all. Yeah. And, um, and so looking back, okay, so I lost the baby. And during that time, um, we're not going to go into the huge story of that process. There is a video on YouTube where mm -hmm. Isaac and I share about the story of Sayla. And I blog posts many. There's like 10 on CourageousMom.com mm -hmm. um, where we share our story in a YouTube video. And um, But God did teach us some really powerful things during that time about giving thanks in the middle of grieving. Mm -hmm. And, you know, like, for example, Philippians 4 verses six through seven um, says, be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. And realizing that in everything we are to be praying and giving thanks. And um, so mm. I wrote an article about giving thanks in the midst of grieving. Yeah. Um, talked about what the Bible challenges us to mm -hmm. in first Thessalonians about how um, he, God says in first Thessalonians chapter four thirteen. but I do not want you to be ignorant brethren concerning those who have fallen asleep, lest you sorrow as others who have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so God will bring with him those who sleep in Jesus and like focusing on mm -hmm. where she is with him in heaven and allowing myself to grieve because the world doesn't see babies as humans. Yeah. And so realizing that me being sad was not a mark of like being sad because they're not in heaven, but it was actually the opposite because our culture doesn't value babies and realizing the importance of what a light that can be. Oh, yeah. Um, and so there was that. And then also just learning how to worship in the midst of true weeping. And so if though if this is something that you're walking through, we'll put links in the blog post at courageousparenting.com that goes with this podcast so that you can um, I have a whole playlist of songs that really helped minister to me when I was going through miscarriage. Um yeah, I'm going to share the scripture in a second, but it's a good spot just real quick to share about a couple of resources that have helped so many women out. Redeeming childbirth, obviously, and oh. also the Christian postpartum course. Do you want to just say a few seconds about that? Yeah, sure. So um, I mentioned that I had HG, the first 
six pregnancies. I mean, I was on bed rest for three months with our sixth, on bed rest with our fifth. Mm -hmm. I talk about those stories in Redeeming Childbirth, but the book is actually more of a discipleship tool that talks about fear, pain, um, hard, hard topics. First Timothy 2.15, which a lot of people don't preach on about women being sanctified. What I love about it, it's not a methods book. It's really the the biblically-based motivation yeah. to include God in pregnancy and birth, yeah. which is super cool. Yeah. And then the course... The postpartum course, it's a Christian-based postpartum course. It has like 15 teaching videos in it that teach um, natural ways to heal from common postpartum discomforts to help equip women so that they don't struggle through postpartum depression. Um, and so it's like practical Titus 2 teaching that should have been passed on from generation to generation, but just hasn't. How to heal and thrive naturally. Super yeah. good. You can get it at Courageous Parenting. Let me read the scripture and we'll continue on. So in 2 Corinthians uh, 10 verse 5, it says, casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. So even um, though we've been through a lot, you know, we're older now and we have eight kids and one more coming. So nine. And um, we still have to hold our thoughts captive in yes. this pregnancy. We've already, since we found out, had to exercise that yeah. spiritual muscle. So the thing about when you lose a baby is that if you have the blessing of getting pregnant again, the natural thing that most women struggle with is the fear of losing this baby too. And that is a very real mm -hmm. thing that doesn't go away. No matter if you have a rainbow baby after um, a loss, you still struggle with it. You still... And so for me, one of the things that I've been struggling with is guarding my heart from truly falling in love with the baby because I'm scared mm -hmm. that I could lose the baby. Mm -hmm. And it's a different thing to have a miscarriage when you have older kids. And I think that just watching how the girls and the older kids also suffered, I mean, it was good for us. We yeah. grew so much through yeah. that trial, that loss, that death. But it's not something I'd wish on anyone. Yeah. And it truly is a step of faith to trust God again and again and again. Yeah. And um, and so right now I'm in that place of having had cramping just two weeks ago that was really scary. Like I didn't know I was pregnant at the time. And I thought to myself, am I having a miscarriage? And I was using a heating pad. I wasn't sure if I was starting my cycle and I was really um, bloated and in a lot of pain. And it it really scared me. I was having heart palpitations and um, just really struggling physically. And so of course, when I find out that I'm pregnant, thinking about how I was just experiencing that two weeks ago brings in all of the potential fears. And so having to take my thoughts captive and preach to myself the mm -hmm. truth that I know is from the Lord yeah, and to cast out every fear and to have courage and to Amen. count it all joy and to... Um, even like I have been afraid to let my kids know that I've had fears because I don't want them to struggle with guarding their heart towards And here's babies. a practical thing out of this that I've seen you do so many times and hear you talk about, which is preaching to yourself. 
Yes. Which is what you're talking about there. Yeah. Literally preaching yourself, having scriptures you go to and and filling yourself with the godly truth versus the worldly pressure. Right. And I think that the only way you can do that is by having studied God's word over and over and over and remaining, abiding in him and reading his word regularly so that you can actually, you can't, you can't preach to yourself the truth unless you've actually read it. So like I heard this message, this um, concept or saw it somewhere. I don't remember who said it, but you can't recall something that has never been put in your brain. Mm -hmm. And so you have to read the word of God to be able to recall it, right? To preach it to yourself. And so, um, and we need to be responsible for that. And we do need community around us at times to remind us, right? And to pull us out of those slumps sometimes. Um, But I, I mean, there is an element of the longer you've been walking with the Lord and the more that you're in the word, really, truly, the only thing you need is the Lord. (laughs) You need his word. And I praise God for that. So um, I've had to tell myself things like, God has a bigger plan for my life and this baby, this baby's life than I do. Yeah, I've had to tell myself things like, what do I have to learn? Clearly, there's still an element of not fully trusting, right? If mm-hmm. I'm struggling with fear, mm-hmm. that the equi- the opposite of that is trust and praying for God to help me to trust him in a new way again. Yeah. And I think the reason why we felt compelled to share this, I mean, I was really like not in a place to share, I'll be honest, on today's podcast. But Isaac was like, Vang, I know you can do this and I think it'll really bless people. And I just have to say like, I know what to preach to myself. I know that nine months of sacrifice, even if I'm puking 16 times a day, which praise God, I haven't been, that is obviously way worth another person's entire life, their legacy and their eternal life. Like how could I go nine months of pain and right? Like for another person's whole life, legacy and eternal life. Mm -hmm. And um, that has just been something I preach to myself that gets my perspective back in the right place. Um, and to remind myself to take thoughts captive, that there are lies, that the enemy's going to try to tempt me to believe lies. And I need to be transparent with my husband because really he's the one that is supposed to be reminding me when I'm having a hard time reminding myself. Yeah. In Psalm 34, 18, it says, actually we'll start at 17, the righteous cry out and the Lord hears and delivers them out of all their troubles. The Lord is near to those who have a broken heart and saves such as have a contrite spirit. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him out of them all. That's a promise. Yeah. God gives so many promises in the Bible and we should anchor our lives on God's promises, not on the fears of the world. Yeah. For sure. So let's move into uh, the last point here, uh, which should be interesting. Rejoicing in God's God's blessings. So how do you, when you're a mom and you've had a miscarriage, or maybe you haven't and you're just struggling with the fleshly um, selfishness, maybe, I guess is the best way to describe it, where you are just not super excited about pregnancy. Now, when I say that, I'm not saying I'm not excited. I am excited to have a baby. I just am struggling with fear. And there's a little bit of a death happening of my selfishness. 
right now. I'm like currently going through a dying to self, mm. which is that first Timothy 2.15 that women will be safe through childbearing if they continue in faith, love, and holiness mm. with sobriety, right? And um, that's with self-control. And I am in a place where I'm again being challenged with that. Again. Yeah. And I know that many people can look at moms who have a lot of kids and go, oh man, they just have it together or wow, that faith to to have that many kids or maybe they don't understand because she's had easy pregnancies or whatever. And, and I will tell you this much, I have had all of my kids naturally. I've had four water births. I've lost a baby in the second trimester, nearly died. Mm -hmm. I've had two blood transfusions. I've had a DNC mm -hmm. from, to save my life. Um, I then went on to have another baby. Yeah. which was very scary and it's scary again. You yeah. know, I've had three hemorrhages, mm -hmm. um, the last few. So to say that there hasn't been risk and now I'm 40. <laughs> okay. So we got age yeah. <laughs> and people might go, that's crazy. Yeah. And so they're, Rejoicing in God's blessings when it doesn't make sense to the world. Well, in Romans 12, 15, it says, Rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. Be of the same mind towards one another. I know when you lost Selah, there were several other women that were also pregnant in our close proximity that had healthy babies and everything. Yeah. In fact, one of them had a baby two days before Selah's due date, and I was at her birth. And that was very challenging to me. I almost backed out because I didn't think I could handle that. Yeah. But it ended up being very redeeming for me. Ironic. The yeah. book's called Redeeming Childbirth, right? I don't even write about this in the story because we had only had six kids at the time. But I think that choosing to do the hard thing when your flesh is crying out to do the opposite is where the most growth happens in your life. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people, even in our life, many times, Isaac, when we were having our fourth, when we were having our fifth, when we were having our sixth, when we were having our seventh, when we were having our eighth, when we were having our ninth, now here we are in our 10th pregnancy, there could be a ton of people who have said, you have way too much on your plate. You need to cut stuff out. Mm -hmm. And that is the worldly wisdom, right? But one of the things that I've come to realize with having children is that they are the only thing that is an eternal inheritance. They are the true treasures in heaven because we can't take anything earthly to heaven with us. But if our children know the Lord, mm -hmm. they get to come to heaven with us. Mm -hmm. They are our best work. Now, if you're being asked to cut things out that are a distraction from what's most important, then that's a good thing. Right, exactly. But you're talking about cutting things out that are part of God's purpose for your life. Right. And needing to have the perspective of, if this is hard, I need to relinquish more of what I'm experiencing to the Lord, not necessarily give it away. And I just need to grow. God has me in a growth period. All of us. And I would say that this last year, I mean, we talked about how this has been a crazy year of lots of life transitions for us. And technically, we got pregnant with this baby in the last year. <laughs> 2009 was an incredibly... 2019. 19, thank you. Yes. It was so much blessing. It really was. But it was a huge step of faith in every yeah. area of our life. And I say this is just another one of those markers of another huge step of faith in our lives. And we 
need your support. We need your blessing. Like it not condemnation because our hearts are not to, um, we, we just want to obey God. That now, really yeah. is all it comes down to. Is it, are we going to walk in the flesh or are we going to walk in the spirit? And the walking in the flesh, which I would say in our thoughts, both Angie and I already have since knowing you're pregnant at yeah. one time or another. And that's a, that's a normal thing that we do. And we have to hold our thoughts captive, which she talked about. Yeah. But it's like, okay, we, how many times have we had to change what we drive based on having more kids in our life? Oh my goodness. It's happened so many times because we never set remember. out to have a love. I know. A family of 11. So, or nine kids. So, and it's funny that we had our biggest house when we were having our fourth kid. Like, yeah. that's just funny. And it's now so we're funny. in the smallest house and we have Still more. a blessing. I yes. mean, still great. So, um, so yeah, now we're thinking about, okay, the financial. So I could, as a guy, I could be thinking, okay, the financial, what were our goals? How does that change our goals? You know, what, how are we going to, now we for sure have to buy uh, a van that holds at least 11 people and is four wheel drive. And, you, and with three living, car seats. Living in Bend, <laughs> you have to have, I believe it's smart to have a, a, one vehicle that holds everybody that has four wheel drive. Yeah. So if you ever thought about getting a van that big that is four-wheel drive, it is uh, an expensive thing. So you, you can start to worry about these things. You can start to go be discouraged about, oh, maybe we're not going to hit our goals at this point. But then I have to hold my thoughts captive and I go, why would I even think about that? All of this is God's. Look at all the blessing he's done. He could do whatever he wants. He could he could this year do incredible blessings on us and, and or it could be a struggle and it's still worth it. Right, and it doesn't God's matter because both ways because he's good both ways. Yeah. And and what does it matter uh, if we get the blessing of being trusted with one of God's kids right. um, to steward his kids to raise them for the kingdom of God so they have impact and as the Great Commission talks about. So and I have to say, like I, you mentioned earlier that we're not like kid people, like meaning that we don't just love to go hang out with kids. We weren't well, like those we type of people. We weren't those type of people before prior we to had kids. kids yeah. yeah. And so like for us, it's, it really, our personalities, you'd like, you're extremely introverted. So being around a lot of people can be draining actually. Yeah. Right. And so being willing to have a big family, you're around people all the time. And I am so, good at being in an extroverted world. So I don't know if I'm extremely introverted, but I am introverted and I definitely need to recharge. recharge. Yeah. And so it it's a selfless thing for you to be obedient to the Lord in this regard. And for me, it's just, it's a lot of work. A lot more laundry, a lot more cooking, a lot more everything. <laughs> yeah. And it's a life of servanthood. And I wouldn't want to be doing anything else because I know that it's the Great Commission. It's part of how I am able to contribute to the Great Commission and partner with Christ. And yeah. I do have the vision of legacy minded. And and I I'll say like being a mom is the most sanctifying experience that there is yeah um that's why it's actually in scripture and so um i i think that this aspect of like dying to our flesh can it doesn't get easier as you get older it's actually just different another thing you could think about too when when we had our second kid by the way when i thought we were done originally yeah um I'm you like, were 26 oh, then. I was 26, and yeah. I'm thinking, okay, in 18 years, I'll be, what, what would that be, 44? Oh, right now. Right now, yes. Okay. Right, so, or, awesome. or pretty soon. Yes. So, in a couple of years. So, I'll be 46 when the last kid's out of the house. That was my thought back then. Yeah. And um, empty nesters, we can travel the world, we can do whatever we want. Mm -hmm. By that time, we're independently wealthy and all these things, right? This is how my mind was. Like, right. Okay. And um, 
And then uh, now, you like if you did that, I was just remembering that old thought. And right now, 18 years from, or 19 years from now, I'll be 63 and you'll be almost 60. Yeah. By the time this baby's 18. So some people yeah. could think, well, that's crazy. You're going to have energy to be around them. Well, why not just make sure we have energy to be around them? And yeah. if we don't, God is sovereign. He will take care of us. Yeah. And it's not like God made a mistake giving us another kid. It's a blessing. It's on purpose. It's their life. It's not. I think a lot of times people think about just themselves and they don't realize that this isn't just like my life's not just about me. My life allows for other life to begin. Yeah. And it's. There's this aspect of recognizing that your I've said this many times your kids are with you 20% of their life and then they go on and they continue to have a life and that life was God's idea. Yeah. And it was his creation. And if I get to be a part of it, that's a huge honor and a privilege that he would choose me to be a mom again. It's very humbling. It's scary. It's um you know and but at the same time, I'm so thankful for that privilege. Mm-hmm. Um, so when it comes down to this topic, there's, you know, you talked about how now we need a bigger house, we need a bigger car. Like there are those fleshly things, right? Like we have four bedrooms and there's going to be 11 of us. Mm-hmm. And so we are now in this position of going, okay, how's this going to work? And um, what it comes down to as far as like my perspective on the child is I have to think about if children were a blessing in my 20s and they were a blessing in my 30s, they're still a blessing in my 40s. Amen. Like my perspective doesn't change based upon my age or or circumstance or history or like if I believe what I believe, then I believe it, period. It doesn't change. Right. And if it does change, then I would question if my conviction was actually there in the first place. And if it was something that maybe I was just following or whatever. Now- This is potentially you could be listening and go, whoa, that's a really intense statement. So does that mean that like if you don't have more kids, then all of a sudden you're thinking they're a burden and like people could flip it, right? And take it the wrong way. And I'm just sharing with you what I have to preach to myself so that I am taking my thoughts captive because it would be easy for me to be focused on all the fearful things. It would be easy for me to be in my flesh and to be full of fear and guard my heart and not bond with the baby, which could potentially lead to a really hard postpartum. And, you know, like, I don't want that. This is a place we have never been judgmental of other people about. This is between you and your spouse and you guys and God. And you need to walk your race and it looks different. Everybody's family looks different and you need to, but what we would encourage is to trust God and to to pray about it and to live out that children are a blessing. However that looks. Yeah. And, and pray about what God's will is, what his design is for your family and not just make those, those hard decisions, but then to make the decisions in alignment and wives, I would encourage you to submit to your husbands in this too. Like, there was a time where Isaac was done having kids and yeah. I had to submit my desire to have more. And there were other times where the story was flipped. It was yeah. a flipped um, kind of And we just line. decided we would never stop if they were for selfish reasons and we felt like we were being disobedient to God. Yeah. So the key is, what does God want us to do? He wants our obedience. He says, abide in me yeah. and I in you. 
So we need to abide in Christ. That means be obedient to what he wants for us. Yeah. That's the goal. And I, I just want to encourage you guys to like, we didn't really touch on like the reasons why people don't want to have more kids or anything like that. We actually have a podcast on 11 reasons why people don't want to have more kids, I think is what That'd it is or something like that. Yeah. So you could listen to that. That's from the very first season in our podcast. Yeah. I also have a blog post on it on Courageous Mom. That's five reasons why women don't want to have more kids. And I... I just would encourage you to hear our heart in it, that we're not coming across as um, trying to convince people that they should have more kids. We're just posing the hard questions that a lot of times people don't want to ask. And we'll end with Proverbs 3, 5. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding and all your ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths. So we are so excited to share with you guys that we're having another baby. This will be... 10th pregnancy Um, and so just please remember us in your prayers and for my health but also the health of the baby and just where my mind is during this time and even Isaac's Um, we just really heed your support in that way and we'd love to hear from you and um, we're here for you guys if you have struggled with a miscarriage or if you want encouragement in your pregnancy find me on social media reach out to me through a message um i'm on instagram at courageous.mom i'm also on facebook at courageous mom um, and i can point you to the right blog posts and that sort of thing amen see you next time hey thanks for listening to this episode we wanted to quickly tell you about our six-week online parenting mentor program Isaac and I created a powerful biblical curriculum. Here's how it works. Each week, Isaac and I release a video with a downloadable parenting packet to make it easy for you and your spouse to incorporate those teachings directly into your parenting. It's an incredible program where we cover everything from obedience, training, to overcoming mistakes most Christians are making. But more than that, it's an incredible community. You'll have access to our private online group, live webcasts, and the Courageous Parenting text message line where Angie and I can send you weekly encouragements straight to your phone. If you're interested in joining our next online parenting mentorship program, secure your spot now at CourageousParenting.com. That's CourageousParenting.com.